Well, this is it. Tomorrow, my new book, Redefining HR, it will be globally available for purchase. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are really a part of this story. You know, Redefining HR as a book uh, really evolved out of the Redefining HR podcast, which was the 21st Century HR podcast, which was spun out from a Fast Company series that I wrote in 2019. And now it is a book that uh, will be available for all of you tomorrow. There are so many people that are featured in the book and have really inspired my work. Way too many to list. I try to cover a lot of them in acknowledgments of the book, but I certainly don't get to all of them. But really and hugely importantly for me, I want to thank all of you. Anybody listening to this podcast, anybody who supported my work, uh, given me feedback on stories, made yourself available for interviews, podcasts, etc. Uh, know that your experience, your support is part of this story. And I'm very excited that today is a special episode of Redefining HR. It will actually be an audiobook of the introduction chapter of the book to give you an idea of what to expect. So I'm going to be right back with that after a brief word from our sponsor. Redefining HR one podcast at a time. Support for the Redefining HR podcast comes from PIN. PIN is building the world's first employee-centric communications tool, enabling your employees to automatically receive helpful messages at key moments throughout their journey, from onboarding to promotions and everywhere in between. PIN helps companies battle communication overload and puts your employees in control over when and how they receive information. Go to PINHQ.com for more information. That's P-Y-N-H-Q.com. And reinvent employee communications for the distributed workplace. And now, on to the show. Human resources, people operations, talent and culture, people and places, human capital, talent operations, personnel. Please don't be personnel. Do any of these terms describe your team? Perhaps something different altogether? I'm not surprised. The field has been going through a bit of an identity crisis the last several years. Much as the evolution from personnel to human resources was marked by an increase in capability, the current evolution is driven by the increased capabilities and impact of next-generation people teams. This evolution in nomenclature is not unique to HR. Software engineers used to be programmers. Account representatives used to be sales reps. Even within the field of HR, we've seen the gradual shift from recruiting to talent acquisition. Let's be honest. The term human resources has an image problem. We have ourselves to blame for a lot of these self-inflected perception wounds. I'll get into this more later in the book, but in short, our thirst for power and control as a path to the cherished seat at the table created resentment and frustration in our teams. While we have to own our role in some of those legacy perception issues, the reality is that as a function, we are rarely given the respect equal to our importance in building a successful organization. The field of human resources today is a spectrum. On one side, you have the relic from the days of personnel, defined by words like administrative, reactive, transactional, or even less flattering terms. Swing the pendulum in the other direction, and you have a very different function, defined by words including strategic, transformative, proactive, inclusive, embedded, and essential. Your views on the field will largely be informed by where you sit on that spectrum. 
This book explores the leading edge of HR. It breaks down some of the ways in which the field has evolved, highlights shifts in mindset, approaches, technology, and more. It blends research, interviews with modern people executives, my own personal experience, and case studies from practitioners around the world who are embracing next-generation people practices to transform their companies. So are we talking about human resources or resources for humans? You know, I love that question. I wish I could claim it, but it came from Basecamp co-founder and CEO Jason Fried. We were discussing the role of modern HR on my Redefining HR podcast when he made this statement. The simplicity was profound. Too often when we think of legacy HR, we conjure visions of impersonal policies and procedures that strip humanity and leave our employees feeling as if we have to have a master's degree in bureaucracy, just navigation, just to thrive. Jason's comment was a great level-setting reminder of whom we serve. His views were echoed by Rainmaking Venture Studio head of talent, Matt Buckland, in a Fast Company story where he said, the truth is HR did themselves a disservice in the pursuit of a seat at the table. They became police for the organization and lost the respect and trust of the workforce. Any name change that applies that some employees advocacy or treats employees as people should be welcomed. Whatever your preferred nomenclature for the function, the reality should be the focus on supporting and enabling your employees to do their best work. How to do that is obviously the art. This book will really be focused on the what and the how of modern HR. You're already reading this, so I trust we can skip the why. The capability and value to the business of modern people teams go well beyond compliance. Modern people operators bring in a much broader skill set to the role, often infused with experience, perspectives, and capabilities from outside the function. People leading these functions possess business acumen on par with their executive peers across the C-suite. They're embedded in the business and embraced as part of the teams they support. Their teams leverage data that informs their strategy and allows them to address people challenges before they become a crisis. Rather than striving for ownership with centralized command and control structures, their decentralized business partner models focus on empowering and enabling employees to thrive. So how do you read this book? What it is and what it isn't. Throughout the book, I'll be presenting a view of modern HR that will shape your perspectives on the field. My views are formed by my own experiences, of course. They're far from comprehensive. You know, when thinking about this book, it was important for me to add a range of voices, perspectives, and views beyond my own. That old cliche about surrounding yourself with people smarter than you is a good metaphor for this book. I've been incredibly fortunate in my career to build a network of relationships with subject matter experts throughout different HR, talent, recruiting, and technology disciplines. Many of them have weighed in throughout the book and lent their experience and insights. I lean on them to ensure that deep domain expertise is infused into each chapter. Each chapter, stories and case studies from practitioners who are practicing modern HR will be represented. I want to balance my own views with their stories and real-world experiences to present a multidimensional view on each topic. Practitioner spotlights and case studies are highlighted to help them stand out throughout the book. It was important for me to include a range of voices and real-world experience, practices, and stories to bring the ideas in each chapter to life. This book is not about best practices. I personally don't believe in best practices, as they're too subjective. For a practice to be best, it requires the perfect mix of ingredients. Culture, budget, resources, workforce, locations, facilities, and so on. That's a lot of variables. 
you know, I think the idea that you can take a specific practice that is aligned with all of those elements and transplant it into another company and yield the same results is naive. I personally prefer proven practices. They've worked well for an organization with all their unique variables. That doesn't mean replicating it will work for you, but it can inspire you to build something similar that's localized to your own unique circumstances. What I hope to do in writing this book is to expose to you a range of varied practices, approaches, views, and more. I won't be suggesting any of them is best or suggest your people practices are inferior if they're not built the same way. What I do want to do is expose you to a range of novel ways to think about solving non-novel and, of course, some novel challenges, an assortment of views and ideas. Maybe they'll inspire you to build something similar. Maybe they'll inspire you to build something better. Maybe you'll reject the approach altogether. You'll have to make your own call. This book is also not comprehensive. HR is a broad field, made even broader when you look at its application across companies, industries, sizes, geographies, and a range of other variables. We won't be digging deeply into fields like academia, union environments, nonprofits, and so on. The case studies and executive spotlights lean a bit tech, as that's where I spend a lot of my time and where much of my network resides, but I work to get perspectives and experiences beyond technology as I know that innovation and great people practices can happen anywhere. You'll be surprised where you might find inspiration. My goal in writing this is to introduce you to a range of inspiring practices and practitioners and ideas to feed that inspiration and light a spark about what's possible. Before we get into the main chapters, it's important to create some context on what redefining HR means. We're going to do that in chapter one. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Redefining HR. For more information on the podcast, past episodes, future guests, the Redefining HR book, or free resources, be sure to check out redefininghr.com. And if you dig this podcast, why don't you share it with your CEO, your executive team, and your friends to help them discover what Redefining HR is all about. If you really dig this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review on whatever podcast delivery vehicle your ears prefer. See you next week.